0: All right, it's good to see you today. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Ezekiel, chapter number 33, please. In your Bible, the book of Ezekiel, chapter number 23. Today, we begin our emphasis on missions and on soul winning and on evangelism. We should never stop emphasizing reaching lost people for Christ. Want to read you just a few verses, and and then we'll we'll try to develop a message. I'd like for you to be here tonight and meet our missionaries. We'll have a fellowship right after the meeting, and uh, we'll all go back and eat some sandwiches and drink some coffee and meet the missionaries, talk to them, and uh, and get to know them, and so we can pray for them and so forth, so on. I suppose. I don't know how many missionaries we support now, not close to 100 I'm, I'm sure, about 100. We support every month all over the world. Um, we have one that's a member of our church going to Japan. He'll be here in a couple, of ni- a couple of weeks and be speaking for you. And then we have uh, some in Thailand and Mexico, just all over the world and um, I hope you'll be here tonight for that. I was reading this morning and I, I just thought I'd uh, remind you maybe about 11,000 churches in the Southern Baptist Convention report zero baptisms each year. 11,000 Baptist churches. That's a million. 40,000 sermons preached and nobody saved. That's 4,160,000 hymns sung and no one saved. That's $156 million given in offerings and no one saved. And that's averaging $300 offering in the church a week. I wonder why God even put the church here, if nobody is getting saved. Why did Christ take the trip on the golden staircase of glory down to Bethlehem's manger, be born a servant, a slave, if you please, and die on Calvary's cross so that people could sing 4,160,000 hymns a year. Couldn't they sing hymns without him dying? You said, yeah, but that's Southern Baptist. You're on the south side of the highway. That makes you Southern Baptist. <laughs> he said, yeah, but that reflects the Northern Baptist. You're on the north side of Cleburne. That makes you Northern Baptist. I want to read for you, Jeremiah, I mean Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 1. The Bible says again, The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon a land, if the people of the land take a man of their coast and set him for their watchman, that's a biblical term for homeland security. Watchman. God said, If I bring a sword upon the land, strange that God would be instrumental in bringing a sword upon a country or a land. But yet he does to judge the sinfulness of that country and that nation. I wonder just how much more steeped in sin America has to become before God brings a sword upon this land. Verse 3, If when he seeth the sword coming upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his head. In other words, if you're going down the highway, going 95 miles an hour, you see a sign that says, slow down, curve, 20 miles an hour. You disregard the watchman, the sign, and continue at 95 miles an hour, enjoy your trip. Nobody's fault but yours. That's what God is telling Ezekiel. The Bible said, he heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning, his blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come, and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if there is a Benghazi, if there is a San Bernardino, if there is a 911, if there is a Pearl Harbor, and no one warns them, then your secret service and your intelligence is a flop. Somebody needs to give an account. If the sword come and take away the person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. O thou son of man, I have beset thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, That wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thy hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. What we do today with powerful technology was done in the biblical days by planning a watchman in strategic places around the city or around the army. When our warning systems break down, our intelligence is nil. And that's what happens when the low-flying planes below the radar hits a Pearl Harbor. Unannounced three planes hit buildings and kill thousands of people. Or a couple go on a shooting rampage. When our intelligence breaks down, somebody suffers but someone has got to be responsible. God told Ezekiel, Ezekiel, I have set you as a watchman on the wall for my people Israel. And I want you to warn them of impending judgment. Just like the watchman is stationed around the walls in a strategic place in a city that stands night and day watching for the approaching enemy. And when they see an enemy coming, they blow the horn, the trumpet, and alert all the city. Ezekiel, I want you to be that watchman for my people Israel. I want you to deliver to my people the message of impending judgment. I want you to be one who sounds out the warning. And Ezekiel, if they listen and they heed the message, then you have delivered uh, yourself and your soul is clean, your hands are clean and it's their fault if they do not move in the direction I'd have them to move. But Ezekiel, if you fall asleep, if you become apathetic, if you are too intent on television that you do not heed my message, and the sword come and my people suffer for it, their blood will be upon your hands. And Ezekiel, when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, I don't want to hear anything. I want to see something. And Ezekiel said, what's that Lord? And the Lord said, let me see your hands. Because if you fail to warn them and they die in their sins and they go to hell You're going to have bloody hands. That's kind of frightening to me. That God has set in this city called Joshua a Baptist church with a message of Almighty God. 66 books of love that tells about a righteous holy god that must judge sin and sinners and 30 some years ago he placed us here and set us as watchmen to warn every individual that Breathe God's air. There's coming a day when everyone must stand before God. Have you looked at your hands lately? Have you and I been faithful to shout out the warning? Death is evident. Eternity is long. Heaven is sweet. And hell is horrible. Amen. Who I ask today is going to sound the warning? You see, I just believe with all my heart the Word of God. And I think maybe our warning system at Joshua Baptist Church has broken down. How many songs have we sung since we've led someone to Christ? How many services have we attended since we were the tear in our eye? obedient to the word of God where it said he that sow in tears shall reap in joy there's got to be more to it than singing songs and singing in a choir God has set us here as a watchman you say well uh, our church is growing faster than in church in town hey look we're not here to trade fish in our aquarium. We're here to get sinners saved. We're here today to shout out the warning that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're here today to stand on the wall and with the trump and sound of a trumpet say, are none righteous, no, not one, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But... God commended his love toward us and why we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. We're here to shout out the good news of Jesus Christ, not to look religious and sanctified. Amen. Dear Lord, help us, O Lord. Ezekiel was a watchman. And what? He was to warn people of God's judgment. He was to confront People with a message of God to warn of impending judgment. And the Christian has been given the task of being God's watchman on the wall of eternity to stand there and warn folk that hell is real and that heaven is sweet. Oh, listen to me if you would please. Would you want a neighbor? of an oncoming tornado? Would you think it fanatical to run next door to tell your neighbor his house is on fire? Would you think it would be offensive and make your neighbor mad if you went next door and told him that Jesus loves them? This I know. Isn't it strange? Our neighbors is living in a burning eternity. And we won't go next door. I read this morning 72% of Baptists in the world don't know their neighbor. How are you going to win your neighbor if you don't know them? You said, I don't like them. God didn't say you had to like him; just win them. You know, if you win them, they may keep their dog in their yard. (laughs) Each of us needs to take our place on the wall. It may be the wall down at the job. It may be the wall down at the service station. It may be the wall down at Walmart, but wherever it might be, we need to take our place on the wall and warn the people that Jesus is coming, that heaven is real, and hell is sure. Oh, how we need to become watchmen. I thought I'd just jot down a few duties that watchmen needed to acquire to become that watchman. First of all, a watchman needs to be alert. Just a question and and I don't want to make anybody madder than they already are. How many people walk by you this year this this past week just, just walk by nonchalantly, maybe at the job, maybe at Walmart. And the thought hits your mind. I wonder if they're saved. I mean maybe somebody you was talking to. And the thought just hits your mind. I wonder if I'm talking to somebody that one day I'm going to look over eternity and see that person in a burning hell screaming to the top of their voice. I'm tormented in these flames. Did you talk to anybody this week and that thought hit your mind? Oh, what's this thing of Christianity all about? Is it the day of the week when you put our suits on, ties, and look baptistic? Or is it something we ought to be doing every single day of our life? I think that song, take your Christianity with you, take it wherever it goes, would be a good deal. But I think that we need to be alert. Alert to the cause of Christ and alert to the fact that people actually do die one day. And it's amazing how many families want me to preach a lost loved one into heaven after they die. And it's difficult for me to get them out of that casket into heaven. And they want me to lie about it. Someone asked me one time at a funeral and I was going to preached the funeral. Someone asked me, said, preacher, go ahead and preach, but don't give an invitation. Don't give people an opportunity to be saved. I just handed them my Bible and I said, well, hope you have a good time. Why should I preach if I don't give people an opportunity to flee the oncoming judgment of Almighty God? That'd be kind of Fruital if you think. i would be, be like going to the hen house knowing the hens hadn't laid anything. Why are you going? Well, I'd just like going to the hen house. I'd like to hear the clacking of the choir. Well, I not come to church expecting nobody to be saved. Amen? Amen. You say, well, I don't know what they Try it, you'll like it. Want to be alert, alert to him, pending danger. You know what's so terrible about this thing called death? You know I preach funerals with little bitty caskets. I preach funerals with sixteen-year-old caskets. What would be wrong with a parent that would not warn their children? about a place called hell. What would be wrong with a parent that would not talk to their children about heaven? We need to be alert. We need to be as rambunctious as the politicians are about their campaign. You see, The safety of my family, my immediate family, is dependent on on me being the right kind of watchman. See, I watch my children. I am very unlucky. I never had obedient children. All of them wanted their own way. Most times they got it. But somebody had to be instrumental in making productive citizens out of six heathens. Absolutely immoral. They had no qualms at all about where they went to the bathroom. (laughs) Not one of my kids raised their hands and said, Daddy... May I do it now? They were heathens. They had no morals, had no standards. They had no no manners at all. Somebody had to warn, admonish, and encourage those heathen to become productive citizens. How can a sinner, the Bible describes him in the book of Isaiah as no soundness in him from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet? Paul described him in Romans chapter number one as being absolutely void of any spirituality. And in chapter number three, he says he's rotten. His mouth is an open sepulcher. His tongue is uncontrollable. His thoughts, his whole being is depraved. Now you tell me, does somebody need to bring somebody up to date that that ain't going to make it to heaven on itself? Who did you tell last week? That heaven is real and Jesus wants to forgive them of their sins. Watchmen. Ezekiel, I've set thee as a watchman on the wall. Don't go to sleep on the post. Don't get apathetic. Don't spend too much time, Ezekiel, on your cell phone trying to find out what Pingris wants you to cook next week. Don't be so caught up with everything going on, Ezekiel, that you missed the oncoming judgment. Watchmen must be alert. Are we alert? Are we so alert that we would warn? That we would admonish, that we would encourage, that we would speak to those who's on their way to hell about the love of Almighty God. Oh, church, I do not want to, I do not want to anger you. I want to encourage us to wake up. We meet folks every day that does not know how to be saved. We talk to folk every day that think they have the answer. Why even Trump is a Christian now? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Safety and security of others is dependent upon it. Excuses are not acceptable. Please let me look at look for you in the book of Mark, if you would please. The book of Mark, chapter thirteen, verse. 32, we must hurry along, but I want to talk to you about being alert. About being alert. It's easy, if you would please, in a society in which we live, to get so busy doing good things, we ignore the most important thing. I wonder how many today, in this place, not ashamed of it, you are saved. Raise your hand. I mean saved, man. Saved all over, Raise both hands. I mean saved all over and glad of it. Say amen, Raise both hands. You serious? I wish you'd look in the mirror right now. You'd be the biggest deterrent of anybody in the world getting saved. saved? You mean to tell me your sins are forgiven? They've been dumped into the deepest part of the sea never to be brought up again. You know that thing you did behind the barn? You know that thing your wife don't know about? You know that thing your husband, if he knew about it, would probably leave you in the New York minute? They're gone. They're gone. They're gone. You mean to tell me that can't put a Smile on your face. They're gone. Man, I know things about this guy I ain't going to tell nobody. Because he's too big and he's from the Marines and I'm afraid he might get in the flesh. And I don't want nobody fleshing on me. Can you say amen? Are you glad you're saved? I said, are you glad you're saved? glad you're going to heaven, glad you missed hell. You say, well, I didn't miss hell, I got married. That's how some of you look. Praise God, we're saved. And God wants we who are saved to become watchmen for those who are not saved and be willing to give out a warning, Jesus saved. People need the Lord, they sung. Do you believe that? People need the Lord. Oh, thank God for the great responsibility and privilege of being God's watchman here in Johnson County. Thank God we've got signs and buses and missionaries and soul winners and teachers and staff who will go everywhere saying, Jesus saved. Watchmen need to be alert. Watch this. Mark chapter 13. And verse number 32. Watch this. Mark chapter 13. Ain't that what I said? I'm about to have a heart attack. It don't make any difference where I read. Just go on, read where you want to read. (laughs) <laughs> Amen. But that day and hour, the Bible says in verse 32, in that day of hour, no man nor angels in heaven, neither the Son but the Father. That's, I think that's where I'm supposed to read, don't make any difference. Verse 34, For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man and commanded the porter to do what? To watch. You believe that? Verse 37, And what I say unto you, I say unto you all, Watch. All God wants us to do, just watch as people come by and us just Shout out a warning. Uh, Just shout out a warning. Hmm? Could you read this for me? Just shout out a warning. Be alert. I think also that a watchman needs to be concerned. Verse 3. Verse 3. In the book of Ezekiel, chapter 33. Be concerned. If when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people. Alertness is of no benefit without concern. What's so bad and, and, and hurts me so bad? And I've got, to, I've got to be quiet because it's... My doctor said I need to be done by 12 every service. As <laughs> people get concerned at the mortuary... Please now listen to me just a little bit. At the mortuary... after the planes have hit the Twin Towers, it's too late to shout out the warning. Would you please give me just a minute? You warn folk while there's still time. Amen? I recently... Help preach my sister's funeral, and I preach my mom's funeral, I preach my dad's funeral. And somehow or another, I can't get all tore up about my sister moving out of a wheelchair, moving into a mansion. Uh, somehow or another, I, I just don't have any problem telling them unplug my dad. He's fixing to move off this bed and throw down all the tubes move into a mansion on Honolulu Boulevard. Kind of hard for me to get all tore up about something like that. I tell you what tears me up is when we warn those and we warn those and we warn those and we preach and we cry and we beg and we plead and we invite you to be, get saved and And again and again, you disregard the warning. Turn around and go your own way. Then one day somebody calls and says, Preacher, oh brother so-and-so just passed away. The problem being, if I had failed to warn them, his blood would be on my head. But if I have warned, the blood is upon his own hands. We, we need to get concerned. Not about how much, many buildings we got and how much money they're worth. How much insurance we got to pay and how much the light bill is. And look how God has blessed. Look, these buildings are going to belong to somebody else one of these days. We can't take all this fancy junk with us to heaven. But you know something? We can take you if you'd like to go with us. Would you like to come go to heaven with us? said, so I don't go anywhere with you. Well, you can go by yourself. I'll wait till you get there, and then I'll come straggling in. You're not going to get my mansion in there. It's reserved in heaven for me. We must get concerned. Paul talks about persuading them. Persuade folk to get saved. Second Corinthians five ten and eleven talks about we persuade men. See, I'm afraid that America does not know the God of the Bible any longer. See, Judges talks about there arose another generation which knew not the Lord god that most of these politicians is talking about not the one that you read about in your Bible not the one that hung on Calvary's cross not the one that rose on the third day it looks to me like it everybody's putting more hope in the Republican Party than they are God Almighty who holds the whole world in his hands Come on, say amen now, some of you. I'm not going to talk about your politics. We have a message from God that the world needs. God is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish. See, politicians is worried about race, God ain't worried about race. God died for all of us. Every single one. Red, yellow, black, and white. You say, well, I don't want to live by certain folk. Boy, you're going to be a miserable sucker in heaven. Amen. 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 We need to get concerned. And by the way, you have any friends? Relatives. And I saw a great white throne, and he who sat upon it, from whose face the heavens and earth fled away. And there was no place found. And I saw the small and great stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And they were judged out of those things written in those books. And death and hell delivered the dead in them. And they were judged according to the works. And whosoever was not found in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death you have any friends? you have any relatives? Do you believe the Bible? Would you become a watchman? Well, I wouldn't make a very good one. Well, you could be a better one than you are now. Well, I can't tell folks how to be saved. Won't you show them what happens when you get saved? Well, they know I don't come to church on Sunday night. Then you have a, you probably have a hard time telling folk you saved. You say you just made me mad. That's another reason why you ought to be a watchman. We need to get concerned. I lost my crowd right then. You know that. All two of them, I lost two of them right then. We ought to be alert. A watchman has got to be concerned, and a watchman. Must be willing. Ezekiel, I want you to be a watchman. You don't understand the ball game's on tonight, Lord. Well, I watched a good ball game last night. Woo. If I could preach like Kirk could shoot, boy, we'd have a winner today. Well, that's just between me and you, rope. So they, they're watchmen. They wasn't watching. I was watching, 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 watching the ball game. Watchmen. How far am I willing to go? When I got saved, I was a thumb-sucking introvert. Honest. I was so bashful, I'd have to slip up on a mirror to comb my hair. I failed college because I wouldn't get in front of a class of 30 kids And give an oral book report. I got up. Walked out. They kept my degree. And I got nothing. How far. How much are you willing to trust God. To do in your life. And at 26 I got saved. There wasn't nothing on me that didn't get saved. My shoes got saved, my toes got saved, my hair got saved. Didn't save it very long, it's just been going on. And something happened to me. My preacher told me one night on Thursday night, sitting in the car all by ourselves, he said, Gene, if you don't become a soul winner, you won't be worth a dime to God. I hadn't been saved about two or three weeks. And here I am, a thumb-sucking introvert, so bashful, scared to talk to anybody about anything. So I had to make a decision. Do I want to be a spiritual wimp or a spiritual winner? Amen. And God wants each of us to be a watchman. Amen. You said, you don't understand. I can't talk to folk. Uh, You know, are you married? How did that happen without you talking? How's it going if you ain't talking to her? Oh, you want an appointment in my office after service? Sean will see you Monday. Being a watchman is very demanding. While others sleep, play, and work, somebody has got to be watching. Someone said in the Bible, his name was Paul, Lord, what would they have me to do? Ezekiel, I want you to be a watchman. Isaiah said, Lord, here am I. Send me. I'm ready. To be a watchman. Being a watchman is rewarding. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and found and they began to be merry. One of the sweetest, sweetest things you'll ever do in all your life. Is to introduce somebody or anybody to Jesus Christ. takes no talent. You just tell them what happened to you. Judgment's coming. Death is a reality. And after death is the judgment. Calvin Coolidge was vice president of the United States. 1921 to 1923 under president Warren Harding history says that he was not a very active vice president but it took great pleasure in presiding over the senate one day as he was presiding two senators got very angry at one another and one of them got irate and told the other one, said, you can go straight to hell. That I offended the other senator, and he asked Calvin Coolidge about the rules, and began to complain and complain. Calvin Coolidge said, Senator, I've looked through the rule book, and you don't have to go to hell. You know, I've read it from cover to cover. And you don't. You don't have to go to hell. For God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not have to go to hell but have everlasting life. You see, I just believe that the Lord is not willing that anybody in this place today perish, but that all should come to repentance. Aren't you glad of that? What a great message we have. Amen? What a wonderful message we have. Man, I've won folks to the Lord in bathrooms and water up to their knees. I've won folks in barnyards. I've won folks in the coon dog woods. I've won folks all over this country. But I'm afraid. And isn't it strange how God just brings one person to your mind? When I surrendered preach and started the seminary, I needed a nighttime job so I gave my business away and Went to work for Republic Aluminum over in Richardson, Texas. And I was on the swing shift, but I was running all the die shop and the repair shop from the swing shift. And I think maybe I won just about every new hiree they came into the into the die shop. As one man stands out over these many years. He was a black man. Never shall forget the first day he walked in the shop. I did not say one word to him about being saved or being a Christian. And I said, I'll do it tomorrow. I got busy with a die or something. I got just got occupied. I'll do it tomorrow. I, I'll talk to him tomorrow about eternity. I got back to the job the next day and there was an old on my door on on my desk. The black man got hit by a train last night and was knocked into eternity. And I've been looking for now 50 years I've been looking. I should have said something. I can't get it out of my mind. I don't know his name. I didn't know where he lived. But I know something about his blood. They're on my hands. Have you looked at your hands lately? God said, Joshua Baptist Church, I've set you as a watchman on the wall.